Hello and welcome to Fueled by Tea, where we believe it's good to laugh, drink tea and chat to great people. I'm your host Jade Johnson and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Put the kettle on, get the biscuits out and we'll jump right in. I am delighted to introduce today's guest. She is the lady behind an award-winning brand of tea that has travel, culture and creativity at its heart. With places like Japan, Darjeeling in India and Marrakesh, all part of her tea-loving journey, she has acquired a plethora of inspiration for her own collection of moment-making teas. As a qualified tea sommelier with a passion for breathing new life into Britain's favourite drink, she has been part of live tea blending demonstrations in Japan, created unforgettable tea experiences with afternoon teas and blending workshops, and luckily for us, she has a love of talking about all things tea. It is the wonderful Katia of her beautiful brand, Naughties. Hello and welcome, Katia. Hello, How are hello. you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you for having me here. So excited to chat to you about tea. Oh, bless you, Katia. Thank you so much. And look, honestly, thank you again for being here with me today. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, it there's so many things I know that we, we've got to cover and we want to cover together, but having this conversation with you, I've been, been waiting for it like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. And uh, it's always uh, lovely to talk to another tea lover about everything tea related. So yeah, let's get going. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to dive straight in, Katia, and I'm going to ask you about where does your love of tea stem from? And because you know you really made a, a brand that has got its thumbprint firm, firmly in tea and the connection with people, um, and obviously that didn't just come from nowhere. So I mean, where did where did your love of tea come from? Oh, it's um, it's a long story, but um, it started when I was a little child. So um, I've grown up um, with um, Eastern European heritage, and um, what happens in Eastern Europe is that tea is like social glue everybody invites each other for tea um like in the uk you know you meet each other for drinks and you meet for tea you bring cakes you sit in the kitchen for hours and um i've grown up with this culture of um people just really sharing their stories what's been happening in their day and chatting about everything and all of that over a cup of tea which actually is not a cup of tea is cups and cups and cups of tea that never never end and go into you know middle of the night sometimes and turn into this really soulful conversation so for me it's always been about discovering people's inner stories through that kind of medium of tea which was quite fascinating and um, I moved to the UK when I was um, in my early teens and I've discovered a completely um, different world of tea through the British culture and also as I traveled um, around Europe and in particular Paris. Paris was um, a big inspiration for me with their creative um, tea blends and tea houses there. And uh, the more I traveled, the more I realized that there's so much more to tea and cultures can literally open themselves up through that window. And the more I dug into it, the more fascinated I got. And the more, you know, as you know yourself, you're a tea lover yourself. The more you try, the more you want to try, the more you want to explore. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that was the beginning of my journey. And um, so the more I tried different teas, the more I brought back home. And um, every time friends came over, relatives came over, I would always have a new, uh, a new type of tea to share with them. And one day I decided why don't I just make something of my own? It was just like one simple question that 
opened up Pandora's box of just creativity and exploration and hopefully a life, um, a lifetime full of learning about it. Oh, it's such a beautiful story. And, you, you know, to take us right back to your childhood like that, you know, because it is so true. It's, it's really where we've obviously learned our curiosity for culture and for people and their stories, um, because there is so much storytelling um, and moments that you've tried yourself to embed in your teeth. For, for me, looking in, that's how it feels, you know, is it just feels that there's so much of uh, you that's trying to share with us, the tea drinker, um, you know, obviously our own individual moments, but they've come because of experiences that you have had, which is which is just so very special. Um, and it's really then that's what tea means to you. I, I, I'm getting from that. It's about that sharing um, and experiencing people. Yes, yes. It's all about that. And it's all about the connection that you form with people. And um, the more you travel, the more you realize that, you know, there are people from all walks of life and tea is something um, that really connects everybody. Everybody has got experience of it. I mean, everybody knows, you know, the, 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 uh, the common statistic that tea is um, the most popular drink in the world, second to water. You know, everyone's heard about it a million times. <laughs> but it, it, it really is true. And it, uh, there's no country in the world that hasn't been touched by tea. And that's what's fascinating about it. So if we could talk then, uh, Katia, about your actual collections of teas and, and perhaps the process that you, you go through, because it is quite individual, I should imagine, the process that you go through in order to create each flavour and moment yes. that you put in. So maybe you could just share with me some of that process. Yeah, the process um, is a very creative process. I've actually, um, when I was a child, I've grown up with um, a lot of artists and creative people around me. So I've absorbed that creative process and I use it in my tea blending. So it starts long before an idea comes through. And um, of course, when I travel or even when I'm out and about in London, I always try and educate my palate through um, different flavors, different combinations, um, going to different restaurants and trying new cuisines. And it's all about building your library of flavors that, um, you know, as Steve Jobs said, you can only connect dots backwards. So that's exactly what happens. So firstly, you have to build up the, that library of references. And um, once you build that library, you kind of let it go. You let go of trying to over-engineer something or um, just force something into being and the dots do connect and sometimes some of my most popular teas have um, come about just by um, inspiration one day you know you get an idea in your head from something that you've read or something that you've tried and it all joins up together and sometimes it's very simple and straightforward sometimes it needs a bit of refinement and um, uh, but yeah, you just have to go through this iterative process of trying and trying and trying until it feels right. And um, of course, uh, giving tea to, um, to people for people to try and not just being my own judge, but also taking it out um, into the world and making people try it is um, a really good barometer of what's, you know, what's resonating. Uh, what people like, what they don't like, and then you iterate after that. So it's never ending. It's like painting a painting, you know, you can, you can keep working at it. 
absolutely it's such a lovely creative process then it, for you to know that you're having fun with it as well you know it's not um it's not a grind by the sounds of it it is I'm sure it's a lot of hard work but there's a there's a lot of joy that it's bringing you in that sort of full circle of creativity that you're sharing with others and you're so right about other people being our barometers you know because it, it's easier to make something for ourselves I, I do believe that it's easy to please yourself but to make something that will stop and help other people take a moment is really special I think you've just done something so unique in how you've approached it I think particularly bringing the cultures the travel uh, the people that you've met along the way all into that journey with you and obviously family you know all of that comes into it Um, and then it really is I guess for you iteration and and whittling down maybe your ideas so that you're not overcome (laughs) Yes, yes, and uh, and one of um, uh, one of my lockdown projects has been um, a range of uh, sister teas, and that was actually inspired a long time ago by my grandma, who um, used to grow. She used to have her own garden. She used to grow her own herbs, and she made her own beauty remedies. And uh, this is uh, this is something that exactly illustrates this kind of creative process because you have something in your mind for a long time. But then you start the research and then you start delving into um, lots of interesting books and talking to people and trying and trying and trying until it feels it feels right. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you're incredibly proud of once it happens, but you have to sweat it and you have to you have to yes. put in the hard work to uh, yeah, get it to get it to a level which you feel happy with and everyone else feels happy with. It's um, that, yeah, it's, it's very social. It's you feel like you're part of the social tapestry when you create something like a complex tea blend. Oh, absolutely. It's so wonderful, though, to to genuinely hear that it is a tapestry to you because it's something I wrote about even uh, just from the British point of view that tea is obviously sewn into the British tapestry now it's very much part of the culture as I'm sure it is in many many other places but I personally have truly experienced it and grown up with it in the UK and you know for you to to, to take that on in some ways, in a, in a really positive way, to try to offer something, because, um, you know, the British are, God love us, but, you know, sticklers for what we have had and what we like. Um, but I think that there's a new new set of rules coming in and generations that actually really have travelled, really do want to take those tokens in from other places in the world and to feel that they're they've got choice dare I say you know really got some choice that that feels like home to them and I interestingly like I I did say to you uh, when we were chatting uh, prior is I so enjoyed um, your sister range uh, in the sense that that is how I first got on to you that is what led me to you I thought it was so unique and even how it looked that the description behind it it was just fantastic and it did feel like it, it resonated with me um with the with certainly a well-being that you can have a tea and it'd be great for you and it to feel good and obviously that is leads me into you know you've got such a, a um a consciousness about creating with great quality ingredients and flavors and spices from really all the way around the world haven't you yes yes and um yes you're right that in the uk uh, the culture of tea has always been very um you know, very classic, very traditional, and uh, people love what they love. And uh, I remember talking to a colleague, and um, uh, and then she mentioned that, you know, her cup of tea with milk, kind of signals to her that she's 
either about to start something or about to finish something. So that kind of level of comfort is always there. Um, but you're right, the more, the, more, the more you travel, the more you want to try. And uh, that's exactly how I started. And um, with um, using the right ingredients and, you know, once you delve into the ingredients, you go into different types of flavor and different types of origin and grades and everything else. So it becomes um, like an encyclopedia that you work from and, you know, the whole palette of colors opens yeah. up to you. So like uh, Joe Malone, you know, she when when she does when she creates perfume, she talks about painting with um, scent and you when you create something flavorsome, you paint with um, with flavors. And that's what ingredients help you do. And uh, you sort of try and express a feeling or an emotion through like a layering of different types of flavors. So and uh, India, for example, has been a massive inspiration for me in terms of the spices and especially the cardamom and the ginger and the way um, the, the way the way teas kind of brewed there and created there. And um, I'm very fortunate that uh, I get to go to India quite often um, because um, my husband's family comes from there. And uh, it's, uh, you know, every day starts with a, a little cup of milky chai. And each house has um, their own recipe for chai, you know, their own ingredients, their own method of making. and. Uh, uh, it's it, it's quite fascinating and I try and um, uh, wherever I go in India so we travel around a little bit and wherever I go in India I look up for um, uh, look out for a local tea stall and it might be just a very very local tea stall so for example one um, one of the trips uh, we went to Gujarat to um, a city called uh, Vadodara or Baroda as everyone calls it by the old name and um, I visited a tea stall there, which is called the Ketla Appa stall. And it's been around from the 80s. And it was um, India's kind of first foray into branding something that's quite ubiquitous. So, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of or probably millions of chai wallas in India. And uh, everybody sells their own tea. So they're like a one-man band that has their own little, you know, tea stall at a train station or a busy street or some other location. And in the 80s, there was um, uh, two brothers and uh, another partner that uh, decided to actually create a brand and create a process to how they make their teas to grow it. And it's one of those uh, success stories that uh, keeps coming up over and over again, because um, um, even, you know, Narendra Modi, who's uh, the Indian prime minister, he recalls his uh, Chaiwala past and his, um, his father was a chaiwala at um, uh, a Vadnagar train station. And um, when the prime minister was little, he would often go to the train station and uh, and help him out to serve the tea. So obviously afterwards he had his old political career. And um, now, of course, he's a prime minister. But amazing. The chaiwala is one of those uh, parts of society that is always there and um, is uh, it's kind of part of every every everyday life, and everyday life is so important. Yes, of course. There's uh, there's also this concept. It's called the cutting chai, which um, I learned about when I was in in Baroda. And uh, what cutting chai means is that imagine if you've got a little cup of chai, and it's cut in half to make it cheaper and more accessible for you know the everyday man and woman who is on their way to work, and uh, it's just enough tea and milk and sugar to bring you back to your senses and to kind of wake you up and keep you going for a little bit. But it, it was made to be accessible for everybody. So 
you know, however rich and poor you are, you can always have a cup of chai or cutting chai and just go about your day. You know, it, it, it just helps you feel your day. Well, isn't that just a little bit of magic and such a true reflection on a beautiful culture and sharing and inclusion? And I, I just think that that's fantastic. So, so I was at this Ketla Alpa uh, tea stall and um, it was it was quite late in the night and um, I just decided to try a cup of local chai and um, obviously we look a little bit different from the local population so the the manager of the stall decided to come up to us and say you know where are you guys from and what brings you here and um, uh, we told him that you know we're from London and we've heard about this famous chai and we had to try it and he was uh, he was so happy to have us. He decided to show us exactly how their famous trademark chai is made. And he opened up this big cauldron, and he was putting the spices. He was showing us the tea, and he was showing us the milk that they use. And he was just so proud of it. I think every tea master from wherever whatever walk of life, they're so proud of their craft. And uh, it was just one of the highlight memories that I had of this tea making with all the sparks flying from the fire and this massive cauldron of chai and how they mix it up with this big ladle with tea going up and down. And it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. Super sweet. But of course, yeah, it does wake you up, <laughs> even if you have half a glass. But yeah, it was lovely. It's it 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 a great memory. Different definitely going back there again oh absolutely got to go back there again and what a lovely uh, what a lovely thing for you to experience but for him to be able to share that with you again we go back to that key word you know it's it's sharing he's sharing something that he's very proud of with you he's getting to share with you a, yeah. a lot of craftsmanship that I'm sure I have I'm confident would be handed down and down um, as well as something that obviously they've grown themselves you know which we can't say we do in the UK I I always laugh with people and say you know you can travel the length and breadth of the UK but you won't find a tea farm anywhere um well if good luck if you do it's not that part of it is not in our heritage you know our our drinking and our love of it in the UK is very much there but you go to other places in the world and it really is part of agriculture is part of their um their setup as a society it's how they make money as a culture it's it's so much for them to offer for you in return it's it really is a, a beautiful story to know that you got to enjoy that particularly with your husband and like you said got to go back there again Yes, absolutely. And actually, in fact, um, we do have um, some farms in the UK. One of them is um, the Trigothans Tea Estate in, um, uh, in uh, Devon. Well, there you go. And um, they grow their own tea, which is quite incredible. They've got their own microclimate and um, that uh, kind of allows the tea to grow. And also there's, um, there's a farm up in Scotland. And uh, when I did my tea sommelier training, I met met this lovely girl Daisy who was so passionate about tea that uh, she started her own tea garden in Scotland Um, and that just shows that tea definitely grows in all sorts of different climates and uh, isn't that just incredible I mean Scotland of all places I mean I'm blown away yes yes but you would you would be surprised Uh, so so when I when I went to Darjeeling a few years ago um, it was one of my dreams to uh, to go to Darjeeling and to visit that beautiful place. And for anybody who um, who is even remotely Karsik, they would understand that going up and down the mountain in winding roads for three hours is <laughs> it's not 
is not the the, the idea of uh, comfortable travel. It's but not uh, for everyone. I was just so no, not at all, <laughs> and it was not for me either. But I was so determined to get there and just to see it. Um, and, you know, it, it was really, really worth visiting, even if, um, you know, you're in India and even if you're not a tea lover, it's a beautiful destination where you see nature, you see people, you see society and um, almost a piece of um, British history is there because, of course, um, that Darjeeling was, wasn't always a town like it is today. It was a really, um, right now it's a really busy town city, I would say, in, in the mountains, or like a big town. And before, in the 19th century, it was just thick forest, but it was a very strategically placed jungle. And um, the, the British, when they went out there, they, um, they determined it to be a very suitable place for a hill station and a summer residence for a lot of the military based in um, Kolkata. And uh, so they decided to... Um, take over it and develop it and it started with you know a street and a few houses and a few uh you know a, a, a few patches of land and it grew and grew and grew then they built a road and then built a railway line and uh, it just turned into this place where um a lot of people used to go in the summer to escape the british heat and i find that i find the story of darjeeling quite fascinating it, there was there's um, a book i would recommend any history lover or tea lover to read. It's called Darjeeling by Jeff Curler. And um, it's a page turner, you know. If you ever think that tea is one of those topics only for the tea industry, think again and pick up this book and you will be just transported into the kind of the whole history of the land and the people and how, you know, there are wars waged and, and uh, it was such a, an important trade route into Tibet and how um, Darjeeling played that role as well, as well as, um, you know, being, being um, part of this big tea industry that developed in India with um, East India Company and the British rule. And it became very, a very important strategic part of British India and India now. It's on my it's on my read list. A tea and a page turner. Um, I'm in 100%. And it's always <laughs> lovely to hear it from somebody who who also has a love of that. You know, there's so much history, yeah. obviously, to be absorbed from that. And, and history is something um, so important, I'm sure, with with something like creating the tea brand, which I know you started, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but 2015, um, you really started um, to, to yeah. put the roots down for, for Naughties itself. Um, you started, uh, from from what I've seen, uh, with a beautiful uh, display uh, down near my neck of the woods in Devon at uh, Dart Farm, I believe was one of your first uh, places to take it on. And That's right. It, it's just grown, you've just, it's grown massively from from there. It's, you know, now literally going around the world. I know that my first batch is, uh, is obviously, it's Australia. <laughs> Postcode has come a long way from from London. So it's uh, it's reaching you've managed to reach and touch people far wider than than obviously British um, culture. And I should imagine that you're pulling on history and you're pulling on people and culture and the story. And to be fair, your investment, your personal investment in it, I think is what it, people love, that story behind the story of the tea. You know, it's you've really given something to people to think about in a broader sense, which I think is, um, you touched on earlier, but it, I think that's the magic behind tea that it can give you those yes. those moments 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it, I'm I'm really privileged to be able to connect with so many people, and and for me, um, if I could go into the back streets of, you know, all the countries, the Far East has got has got my heart. I mean, I could. I could spend years and years and years just exploring the Far East and the history of it and the people. And um, if I could do something for, you know, as long as possible, it would be to just walk around the little streets and go into the little shops and talk to people. Of course, the language barrier is always is always a little bit of an issue, but not that much of an issue. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had conversations with languages that I don't even understand, and people still seem to perfectly understand each other because you just get each other's sentiment and, and personality, and um, there's, there's always uh, something to build from. Absolutely, and I think as well, it's, you know, it's also that tea is the language. Yes, yes, it is. And um, yes, I remember when I started, of course, the idea for Naughties was um, there long before 2015, and it was kind of forming in my mind. And um, it started as, a, as almost like a weekend project. So I used to, um, I used to have a, a corporate life, and I was inspired by some of the brands that I worked with. And I decided to uh, have my own stamp, my own brand and the brand personality, something that lives independently, that has its own voice and has its own um, character. And I started on the weekends. I used to go to um, this place nearby in Richmond in London. And um, uh, in London, you know, the culture is to have little markets and foodie markets. And that's where a lot of um, the foodie talent kind of puts their roots down and talks to their first customers and um, gets the feedback for um, some of the creations that uh, you start making. And that was definitely a case for me. So I did um, a few farmers markets in uh, West London, which was an amazing educational experience for me because the whole of the city goes through you, you know, um, different personalities, different conversations that you have, and you see what really resonates with people. Um, sometimes you don't even realize what resonates and what doesn't. So sometimes it would be um, a person who's uh, responding to just one ingredient. I've got a tea with um, pineapple and coconut in it. And um, this, uh, this man came up to, uh, to my tea stall and he says, you know, in my younger days, I used to travel. I used to travel abroad and God, I love pineapple. And I used to have it every single time. And I'm so happy that you're using it in the tea. But God, I love pineapple has become just like an expression of emotion and just enthusiasm. <laughs> How brilliant is that? And I just, you know, it brings me a lot of joy and happiness to see people respond in this kind of way to something that I spent ages and ages toiling over. And uh, that's what keeps me going, you know, over the past few years, however many years. It just motivates me every single time whenever I feel, you know, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. You go up and down and sometimes you feel inspired, sometimes you don't. And whenever you get this kind of reaction, you think, yes, I have to keep going. I have to keep making. You have to keep going. Absolutely. I think as well, it's something that you, you've touched on there, but that is real, real gold when somebody can just turn your world upside down with a comment like that you know about how brilliant a flavor is they've picked out one ingredient which obviously for them floods back for him obviously a, a torrent of great memories about being on holiday I mean nobody dislikes their holidays usually um, so that's it's so lovely that something like that has brought 
him so much joy but in in doing so he shared with you how much joy that you've brought to him and he's brought you in return it's such a it's such a lovely relationship just with a complete stranger really yeah yeah and um i remember there's um there's a story when i was in japan and uh, i was um I was doing tea blending, live tea blending, which again is one of the highlight experiences definitely in my life. And again, meeting people and seeing people. And then this lady comes up and she says that, um, uh, you know, I want to create two tins of tea, exactly the same, because my son, he lives far away from me and I want to send him a tin of tea so we can have a virtual meeting together and have the same tea together. That's so special, isn't it? And I just thought, this is so sweet. This is really sweet. This is exactly what tea embodies, that kind of connection, even if you're far away. 100%. So I was just very happy to make this tea for both of them. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really happy to be part of their experience of bringing a little bit of creativity, a bit of connection, something, something new as well for them to try and... Um, experience together is uh, is great and that's what it's it's all about isn't it is it's still having fun you're still sharing it's all the good stuff really it's all the positives and I know that I mean you you can see it everywhere people have used that lovely meme of you know positivity and spelt the ending t-e-a because that is what they think they're getting from their cup of tea um, a bit of positivity but that's where you know you and I talked very briefly at the beginning but that is when you find like-minded people particularly tea lovers you know tends to be that real underlying tone of an innate want to to find other positive people uh, to find other good stories in uh, the human spirit for one of a better description and um and I yes. think that, that for you to be able to harness that I mean goodness me it's it, I can't only but imagine how difficult that is like you said you've obviously studied um to be the tea sommelier or well, the knowledge from that but I think you you were doing it in a rather innate way to yourself anyway obviously that's just added further to your knowledge um but it does it does lend itself to think that you you've actually got such a mammoth task to get all those emotions all that storytelling and human spirit all into a cup but it does it does obviously <laughs> say what uh, you're after which is you know moments in your cup of tea rather than just a cup of tea that you know forgive me that the British would neck a cup of tea and probably not even taste it sometimes you know we've all done that um, but you, you've really designed it and, and hopefully created it so that people get to to stop and have that moment. Yes yes and um, creating a cup of tea and also tasting a cup of tea is a very mindful experience and um, it brings you back to the present moment and just kind of savoring that moment and savoring the sensations that you feel and trying to um so whenever whenever i taste something i always try and kind of break it down into what kind of flavors i'm i'm sensing and what kind of aroma i'm sensing and that builds the library of of flavors but it brings you back to that present moment to that kind of um realization that all we have is the present moment all we have is now and being grateful for the fact that we are here and we're able to experience this world through, you know, you, you can experience, experience it through tea, food, conversation, just standing outside, feeling, feeling the wind in your face. And um, tea is something that really brings you back and makes you think about what have we got 
that you're proud of, that you're grateful for, and every single person can relate to that. And every single person, when they think about it, can realize that there's so much wealth in this experience. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it, it allows you to do that bridge connection, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. And um, one thing that I've experienced in London, which I'm really grateful for as well, is um, uh, the Chadao ceremony. And uh, the Chadao is, uh, you know, t- translated as the way of tea. And this is exactly what it is. You know, you drop into the present moment and you share bowls of tea together. And all you do is sit back, drop back and live. That's, that's what it's about. Tea is about life. Tea is about experiencing life. And tea is about, um, you know, just connecting to that wider network. And, and if you talk about anybody who's... Um, spiritual they'll they'll all tell you that we are all one being and through that you know passing a bowl of tea to another person showing respect to them to through um just being in that moment with them and show giving them your presence is a reminder that we are definitely all connected and we've got lots to learn from each other it's uh, learning is um a never-ending process that we all have to embrace together Oh, so true. And I, I, I knew, I knew when I first started talking to you, I was like, right, I'm going to need to know if Katia can speak to me once a morning, every morning, just to get <laughs> me on the right track. Um, because it's how I, it is how I feel. I, I don't think I could um, have said it quite as eloquently as what you did, but I, I do agree with you. It, it is a very much a nowness to it. I think I realised that more once I became a mum actually I must say I think that it gave me um, a feeling of presence and a feeling of now almost a wanting to hold time as still as I could but without missing those moments Um, and ironically for me when my little one first got here which is probably quite well known now I couldn't have caffeine or tea with her at the beginning I was having a cup of hot water albeit um, tepidly warm so that if I ever spilt it on her, you know, new mums worry. Um, But even (laughs) just holding a cup of warm water still gave me that feeling of, you know, a cup of warm water could give me that moment and that narrowness that you're describing. And therefore it embeds in you this idea that actually tea is the enhancer but it isn't the answer if, if, if you follow what I'm saying it's it's really um, adding to that special moment rather than making it on its own yes yes absolutely and I totally relate with um, your new mum worries because uh, I've also got a little one who I'm uh, inducting into the tea world so he was um, uh, he was he was helping me create um, a tea it's called strawberry bee and uh, it's designed for children. So he was the one who was tasting it firsthand <laughs> and helping me choose the right proportion and the right combination of ingredients <laughs> that uh, children would love. And um, you always, yeah, you know, you always worry about the health properties and um, uh, how the tea is going to, uh, you know, affect your mood and help affect your well-being. And especially with your children, you're very conscious of it. So, uh, but tea is definitely something to... Um, get them started early, even though it's, uh, you know, caffeine-free tea or normal tea. It's uh, a very good substitute to a lot of the unhealthy stuff that goes around that children have access to. Absolutely. I agree. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, you, this will make you laugh. And, and um, I, too, um, sort of unwittingly creating a tea um 
uh, connoisseur of sorts, but um, she has rummaged through the pantry. She's found different boxes of um, tea leaves and smells. And every morning, it's our favourite thing to do. We set up what is effectively the tea shop. And uh, and she goes through Great. and she has her favourites already that she likes to smell. She has her, her cup of hot water, albeit for her, it's it's cool water in a little baby mug in the morning. <laughs> but that's very interesting that you've, you've even thought about a little range for children because it is something that I would love to share with her but obviously you're already you're way ahead of the curve you're trying to think of something that that is actually quite good for them to have and ingest like you said I mean there's so many other rubbish that you, you don't wish on your children but to actually have something of a quality and it is something stemming from nature it is natural um, I just think that's absolutely fantastic so I can't wait to see that come out Katia I shall be first in line at the checkout with that one online thank you very much <laughs> yeah definitely and uh, you know the new generation they um, they look at what we do they don't listen to what we say but they, they look at what we do and uh, they are very good at picking up you know everything everything all our habits um, everything that we do on a daily basis and you know including travel so if um, uh, we do instill that curiosity about other cultures from early on I just feel that the world will be in a completely different place when we're more tolerant towards each other, we're non-judgmental, we kind of take another human being for what they are. And yes, definitely tea is a, a, a great um, enabler and a great window into a particular culture, but just it just reminds you of that kind of attitude that we should really have with each other and celebrate each other's differences in many different ways. Absolutely. And, and many different differences. You know, it's, it's, it's um, like they always say, there's a, there's a blend of person, isn't there? There's every person is every blend. I mean, we've got our own individual thumbprint for a reason. We're very unique. Um, but I love what you said about, you know, if, if that's something that we can pass on to our little ones, I think we've gone a long way to doing a great uh, a great job passing the baton of something really positive, something really good, and hopefully changing a bit of the landscape that we're in at the moment. No, I hats off to you, Katia. I, I, like I said, I knew that there was going to be a brilliant story behind the lady, but um, you continue to blow me away. So uh, thank you for that. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. And there are more stories to come. We've only just scratched the surface. Oh, I believe that 100% Katia no doubt in my mind there is really just the tip of the iceberg being being uh, talked about here today with you and hopefully I get to have many more uh, conversations with you uh, now I have to ask because tea and fashion have gone hand in hand for such an awfully long time particularly in the UK but um you gave me a childlike sense of joy when I saw a little story, which I've obviously now recently, you have it on your blog uh, blog post uh, pertaining to this particular story as well. So if anybody wants more uh, detail, it's obviously on your website as well. But you um, you really took the concept of, of um, tea and being able to enjoy yourself, in my opinion, by getting um, the very beautiful, I believe her name is Sahar Fremantle, the milliner, to create for you a hat that was specific to you and your tea creations. Now, we got to talk about that because that to me, like I said, that just brings all sorts of goodness into my world. But, you know, what were some of your creative ideas for that given your wealth of creativity and and places that you've been to you know what were some of the key concepts I'm just so interested to know that you took to her oh yeah of course um it's been one of my dreams to create something that 
I can wear, not just the taste, but just so that people can also see the creativity. And um, Zaha was um, at the British Fair in Japan in 2019, where I was as well. And um, uh, I was just casually talking to somebody about making almost like a theatrical representation of tea, tea blending. And, um, and someone said, you know, you have to talk to this lady, you have to talk to Zaha, she's so creative. And back in London, we met at her creative studio, which is um, uh, in central London. And I was just blown away by just her energy and creativity and just her desire to bring the craft into the 21st century by experimenting with all sorts of different, um, different materials. You know, she uses butterflies and she uses like nets and beads and she can create literally anything in the shape of a hat. So um, I came to her with the task of uh, just creating something that would highlight this kind of quirkiness and fun and love of tea. And one of my favorite color combos is um, pink and red. So that was the, that was the color of choice. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And she, she just did such an amazing job. Um, and I just left it to her and to her creativity. And she came up with um, this amazing hat, which I absolutely love. And if I could wear it on the street every day, I could. <laughs> I would. I would. I think you should. Um, it would bring me a lot of joy to know that you were out there doing that. I think that would be just marvellous. <laughs> at, at the moment, I just keep it to special occasion. And uh, I, I think it's only the first step step into tea outfits i think there's more more coming in yes and i do hope as well um katia that you are one of these very lucky people i, I think you, you're one of the most deserving people i've ever spoken to that gets invited to um, a, a royal garden party because in my opinion your knowledge of tea and afternoon tea in general um you would be such a qualified and delightful inclusion to that uh, garden party but now to know that you have the wardrobe started for that occasion as well just brings me so much happiness so I do hope you get a golden invite sometime soon oh let's hope so let's hope so you never know <laughs> but uh, this year we're celebrating uh, the Queen's Jubilee which uh, definitely will take part in and it will be a really happy occasion for us to celebrate the Britishness around the world. Yes, and you're in London. Are you going to try and get um, a bit closer to the to the action, to the live action, or is it something that you're, because obviously with a little one, I can imagine that's quite difficult. Um, or are you going to try and um, just sort of enjoy it from home? Yeah, there's, uh, in, in London, you just have to be out and about, and there's so much already, um, there's so many events already happening, and uh, a lot of um, very British things out and about and shops and uh, they're going to be street parties no doubt in uh, kind of June July time so we'll definitely take part in that and connect back to the community you know it's been um, a couple of years of uh, staying at home or being careful so that will be a true celebration of getting back together. No, you're so right. Absolutely. And I think it's something that everyone can really do with as well as, um, you know, perhaps that fresh start, new chapter, you, really important for everybody to acknowledge that and to hopefully be able, we can all safely move forward now. That would be fantastic. Um, and, and Katia, if I can ask you as well, because that, that idea of not being able to you know, we haven't been able to go and do things like go and enjoy afternoon teas as often as we would perhaps have liked or to even go into a friend's house and to socialise, you know, leads me really into my next question. Um, because sometimes you've just got to dream 
big um, and beautiful. But if you were to have a cup of tea with anyone, um, who would you choose? Uh, you know, in a magical world, as they say, who would you choose to sit down and have a cup of tea with? That's a, that's a really good question, because actually what I would love to do is um, book a plane ticket and just go to a completely new place. Like I've always been wanted to explore China, Taiwan, more of Japan, absolutely um, travel to different corners of India. And I would love to go into the, the small streets to speak to the local shop person and ask them about their day and just learn about a completely different life. I would, you know, I wouldn't choose a celebrity or somebody famous. I would actually choose the everyday person who has a completely different life from me. But it, it just enriches everyone's experience. And I think that would be a really um, great conversation. I mean, I've, uh, I've met uh, chaiwalas on little streets of India and um, they were just so happy to serve tea and just chat about themselves. Luckily, I had someone to um, interpret for me. Yes. <laughs> but that's the kind of companion I would love. And the more, the better, you know. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. There's so much to experience that way. Yeah, so I would also love to talk to somebody from a, a, a different era. So I love um, chatting to the older generation from times gone by, from uh, different cultures again. And that, again, just opens up your eyes and your mind to something that you will find really enlightening and really useful for your own life and for um, just understanding of the world. I think that's quite important. That'd be quite fun to do as well. Yes, absolutely. It would be fun to do. And I think um, that's that that element of history again and wisdom, perhaps the two the two tie in together so beautifully um, that we've got even for me, there's a grandparents did did things very differently to perhaps, you know, how we're now doing things, even so much so that the way that tea it was served for them and what it was to them growing up is very different to what it is now you know it's um my my granddad always used to say tea by the cup is is a cup of magic you've got to savor it because you weren't going to get that many when he was young whereas um obviously in towards his later life there um he, the kettle could have been on a million times a day and but he would still do the same thing he always used to say to me you know um what can you learn in the time it takes you to have a cup of tea and uh and really inspired i guess that sense of curiosity uh from an early age and I think that's there's a magic yeah. in that you know he always used to sit down and watch the news or he try and invest himself in things that were going on and I think that's something that you've brought to the forefront for me when you were saying about that is really getting out there getting amongst it really living really enjoying being alive getting amongst people who are also just happy to be doing themselves uh, um justice really in in their own day-to-day -day living yeah. so that's gorgeous thank you for that and and you've just reminded me of um, a, a story uh, from my time in Japan and um, it was on a day when uh, I visited Kyoto and uh, towards the end of the day um, uh, I took a train to Uji and um, in Uji there's a street is called um, I believe the the green tea street and um, there's a, a shop there that is over 400 years old and um, I was there with a friend and we had some tea, we bought some tea there and uh, we were very lucky to meet the owner of the tea shop who is the 16th generation um, tea master from Uji and we just, you know, we're really lucky to ask him a couple of questions and, 
And, and he, is so, he was so proud of uh, the teas, of his family heritage. They've got a little museum um, of uh, the little artifacts that they've collected over, over the years, and some of them are hundreds of years old. And um, what he said was, is that everybody, I'm so proud of my tea. I don't want um, to, I don't want to lend it to any store. I don't want to send it away. I want people to come to my shop and try the tea for what it is, for the real tea that I make. And he said, you know, we um, supply to the Japanese royal family. We are very, um, we're really proud of our tea. And I just want people to come, come here. We've got one shop, it's in Uji, and you all have to visit to really experience it. And I really respected him for that. I really respected him for the kind of firm stance and the firm belief that... Absolutely. He is the best, you know, he knows it. And if you really want to experience the best, you have to have, you have to take the effort to go to the place where it originates from. And um, yeah, I could just see the happiness in his eyes and the pride in his eyes. And I will never forget his face. He is um, one of the most inspiring um, people that I've met. And especially in Japan, it was the highlight of my trip. That really short experience with him. And uh, it just reminds, it reminds me to really be yourself and be proud of what you do and just share it with everybody who comes your way in a really um yeah in a really confident and um happy way oh absolutely and with such pride you know obviously he's got so much pride i i obviously stumbled across um that when i was scrolling through and and getting to see your stories by no means did i get that sort of depth of lovely storytelling that you just gave to me then but it's um particularly it caught my eye because of kyoto uh, meant so much to my husband and myself when we went to japan which i think it should be on everybody's to-do list in my opinion just uh, the people alone would be good enough reason to go because of their such a heartwarming nature and giving sharing nature to their culture it's it's quite outstanding but you know what's lovely is is he sort of said to you in that moment that you know don't be afraid for people to come to you that's what I take from that you know you know your worth and and if people come to you then you give them give them the best of you in return um that's in this day and age that's really a gold ticket isn't it uh, a bit of wisdom right in that moment it's so rare you don't see it and you really respect it when you do see it Oh, absolutely. And um, he's got, if you want to be funny about it, as far as a, a client goes, you know, there's not too many people that can say that they supply the royal family with their with their matcha, with their green tea, you know, and he proudly has done that as his family has done for many years. I think you talk about not wanting a cup of tea with a celebrity and I, I you know, I'm, I'm certainly inclined to agree. Um just because you would miss perhaps those moments uh, with people who have got a, a different desire to share something deeper with you at that moment in time. Um, really honest of him to give that to you. Yeah, no, I'm just really grateful for the experience and um, just overall, as you've probably, uh, as as you probably know yourself and your travels as well, it's the the humility and the simplicity that really teaches you a lot, doesn't it? And it brings you back to the kind of the wabi-sabi philosophy where you, um, you pay attention to the everyday, to the imperfect and to the simplicity of things to really appreciate what's in front of you. You know, you don't have to overload your senses. You can just look at something that's uh, simple and beautiful and get a lot of pleasure from that. 
And I'll definitely learn that from my trip to Japan. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Don't nothing has to be perfect. And I mean, that's really actually brought back for me something quite funny about you mentioned there Wabi Sabi. Um, and it's actually because of the book Wabi Sabi written by Geth Beth Kempton, um, that my husband and I actually started uh, to think about uh, going to Japan in the first place. And we were just absolutely bowled over by the place. And the people, um, the juxtaposition of that old and new, so much character. And actually Kyoto itself was was really a highlight for, for my husband and I, and in particular, the Philosopher's Path. Um, just a beautiful stretch in which to get your thoughts together. And it was whilst we were going along there that we actually had a matcha uh, green tea and some accompanying sweets, uh, traditional sweets. It was just absolutely wonderful. But um, you're right, it is the place, it's the people. And um, and obviously you've you've managed to incorporate all of that in my opinion, back into your flavours, into your tea. You've been very honest about where your curation of flavours have come from, which I think is the fascinating part. That's what I, I think is so lovely, is almost following your creativity and your storytelling and how then you've managed to take that and, like you said, follow the process, You know, go on that journey of making it into a product that I get to enjoy. You know, I get to order it, I get to enjoy it and I get to have a moment of my own. So I think you've, you've just done such a wonderful job with that. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. And um, uh, I think the process of creativity, a lot of it is letting go. It's not being overly prescriptive or holding on too tightly to something that's in your mind. It's letting go and, and um, realizing that some of the best things come to you. If you wait for it, if you just are open, you have your soul open, you've got your eyes open, you've got your senses open. And uh, that's where, you know, some of the most beautiful things come from. And um, the more you feed yourself, the more you open up yourself the more of that creativity will come back through you into whatever creations that you choose to make. So in my case, it's tea, but in, um, you know, in your case or in our listeners' case, it could be just any manifestation of their own personality, which is um, what makes the world so great and so interesting. It is so much colour and, and personality. And I know you're absolutely right. And I think it's well, in some ways, you've sort of perfectly led me into um, a question I, I do like to ask everyone. It, it, it's off the cuff, but in that sense of everybody's got their own personality, their own colour, their own um, creativity path, obviously what we choose to listen to is also important. And I personally ask everybody about if you could have a cup of tea, Katia, you know, you buy yourself five minutes, which I'm sure is incredibly rare for you, um, and you were to put on a, a piece of music or an artist or a genre of music to accompany that cup of tea to really elevate it, is there is there someone or something that comes to mind um, straight away for you that you would listen to as a piece of music? Mm, that's a very interesting question. I love music. I love live music. Um, I love a lot of the traditional um, Indian music, Chinese music, folksy music. But I also like when it's mixed with some of the modern beats as well. Um, and I've definitely come across that when when I was traveling and in some of the kind of cosmopolitan areas. I love that combination of old and new. And that's probably the music that I go for most of the time. Brilliant. Yeah, but uh, if, if you look through my music library, it's probably going to be, you know, quite jazzy, 
in some places and quite folksy in some places and some like nice beats in some places. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's never one that I stick to. You haven't surprised me. It's eclectic. Eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I think that's the sense of, yeah, a, a true creative that you are is that you, your playlist is, is as eclectic as perhaps your, your journeys, your experiences and, and your ability to, to be with people in that moment. I think that's lovely because it, it shows a lot about uh, music for the mood and music for the moment rather than uh, one set um, element that you stick to all the time. So, no, I very much appreciate that, uh, Katia. I absolutely do. Um, and look, I, I really have to say to you, um I, I really could speak to you once a day every day and I do hope to do another conversation with you again soon because I, I really do get the feeling we've only just not even barely scratched the surface with regards to stories and insights and I, I can't tell you how much of a treat this has been and I really I really do appreciate your time more than you know um, so so thank you so much for being here with me today it, it's just been absolutely fantastic and um, and I do hope that our listeners get a chance to taste and enjoy your tea and have a moment to themselves as well yeah thank you so much for having me and for sharing a conversation with me it's been uh, such a pleasure and I'm sure we'll uh, speak to each other many times again and hopefully meet in person too. <laughs> I hope so. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great morning. Um, I've really had, uh, I really had fun chatting to you. So yeah, let's have a cup of tea to that. To explore Katia's full artisan tea collection, head to naughties.com and get lost in her tea-loving world like I did. On that note, it's time to go put the kettle on. See you soon.